0: Okay, hey everybody. We are live streaming here on Facebook and on YouTube, and I'm really pleased to have as my guest this afternoon Poway City Council candidate Frank Fournier. How are you doing, Frank?
1: Good. How are you doing? So, um,
0: you know, we we tried to do this once before. I had a technical breakdown, so <laughs> thanks for your flexibility and rescheduling and getting this organized with me. So, um, just really happy we have an opportunity to talk to you. I think there's a lot of people here in the city of Poway that would like to learn more about Frank Fournier. So maybe just to get a kick it off here, give us a, thumb, a thumbnail sketch of who you are and, and why you're running for Poway City Council.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, you know, my my, uh, my father is a, a former federal agent, and so we traveled a lot because of his job. But we finally settled in Poway Uh, just in time for sixth grade. And then I've been here ever since. Um, Graduated from Poway High School and uh, came back and lived here during college as well. I went to San Diego State, got a degree in uh, molecular biology and started working in medical research and immunology. And uh, I came back and I helped uh, a few different families set up the Poway High School rugby program. Um, So I started coaching and and then I, I... finally took over um, as the head coach and did that for quite some time, which was a lot of fun. Um, I'm very jealous, too, because when I was at Poway High, I, we didn't have a rugby program. So I was playing rugby in a, in a club uh, that had a, a few different cities all feeding into one club. Um, and then just most recently, I, I had a, a job training uh, in Tokyo. Uh, I moved into management, so I was back and forth Tokyo to, uh, to, to Poway. Um, and that's probably one of the reasons that in addition to um, making the Lebanese national rugby team is, is why I stepped down from coaching power high school rugby. But um, I, I continue to work in medical research and really all my paid time off would go to traveling and playing in various countries for Lebanon from Uzbekistan to uh, United Arab Emirates to, you know, wow. Qatar. depends on where we were playing. So that was pretty fun. So. I didn't have that very much, uh, very many vacations, including Christmas, but it was fun having two jobs, being an international rugby player and working in medical research at the same time. And and that's kind of where it comes back to, to now is I, I think that throughout my life, I've always wanted to give back to the community. Uh, I think it's part of being uh, a part of a diplomat family and, and moving around a lot as a kid and living in Africa and in Honduras and in Belgium and, and learning under and learning and understanding other cultures and how to, um, interact with them and, uh, and not only interact with them, but kind of come to win-win solutions. And, and, uh, and I do that now in my day-to-day job. I'm a, I, I do a lot of conflict resolution and negotiations. And my job is to create alliances between, uh, pharmaceutical companies and academia or, or one or the other, uh, in order to set up these, these big collaborations to discover drugs or vaccines so it's what I do uh, in a daily job. And I thought I could do uh, that same sort of thing within the, the council and, and give back to my local community because, you know, I, I just got recently engaged and, and I want to be uh, very active. Thank you. Very active in my community. I know I want my kids to go to Poway High and, and Twin Peaks, exactly what I did. I, I had a huge benefit for it and I, and I think it's good for my kids. And so I want to be very hands on in, in, in the community. And that's sort of where I came around this council member idea. I, I'm already pretty active in politics. I think uh, politics is politics. It affects your life. And uh, if you're not voting, if you're not paying attention, then, you know, sooner rather than later, you could be living in a, in a country that you, you don't uh, recognize. <laughs> so you're I think right. that's why I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, this council member thing. And, you know, I think people may misunderstand the, the role of council member in a sense. But, you know, like I've mentioned before, the hard reality is that we're oversight on the city manager and attorney. And so our job is to go out and get public opinion and, and take the majority and, and sort of go with that. And even as a council member, you may disagree with the majority, but that's not your job. Your job is to take public opinion and have oversight on the city manager and the attorney and do what's best for, for the city. Um, and that's where conflict resolution comes into play because you have to work with other council members to get a vote. You, you can't do it on your own.
0: Wow. I mean, so you've already given back to the community as a, as a rugby coach and now looking to get onto the city council. So is there like a, a big issue here in Poway that that maybe drove you to run that that's really lighting your fire, the, a, a big problem you want to solve here in town?
1: I mean, I don't know if it's – it may be a big problem for me, but not necessarily everybody else. But, you know, I've been giving back, joining other clubs in and around Poway from um, Kiwanis or Rotary or, you know, I I, I go down with my dad to the uh, uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars. It's sort of down off Pomerado, old old, uh, Pomerado Road. And what I've noticed just – from when i was a kid and and now is that the amount of traffic on power road is is quadrupled at least um and it's it's starting to to change in a direction that i'm not sure where our city is going um I, i'm not sure what the 20 year future plan is for poway but um it, it's starting to to worry me a bit I, i'm not necessarily against development but i think the right type of development is needed, and uh, I, I'm not sure that's where we're going. I, I feel like we are, are developing when we we not we don't really necessarily need to. Um, we have affordable housing projects that we're doing, and and you know, council meeting where the council wants to put even more. Uh, there's three sites uh, that are housing, and they want to fill those sites up. But I'm not necessarily sure that how developments are what we need to fill those spots in. I mean, we can do parks, we could do other things. Why is it just housing projects or developments? Um, I think the ratio to amenities and houses should balance out. Um, you know, if, if, if anyone's ever driven to or fall, their downtown area is pretty nice. All these small mom and pop restaurants and stores and uh, on Saturday or Sunday, I forgot which day they're doing it now. They, they close off the street and all the restaurants have their uh, their tables out in the middle of the road and you can walk through it and shop and, and eat and uh, and, and that sort of local feel is sort of what I thought power wants. Um, but it'd be interesting to continue to go out and talk to people and members of the city and see what everyone else is looking for. Uh, you know, so I've been actively walking around town, knocking door to door, old school and uh, getting people's opinions on where do they want to see Poway in 20 years? Because it may be different than where, where I want it to be.
0: Well, what are some of the things you're hearing from Poway residents as you're outdoor knocking? What are the issues that are driving them?
1: It's it's such a wide range. That's probably the most surprising thing. But, you know, you have people that are actively upset about a very small topic uh, that may be, you know, a small topic to others, but big for them, which is uh, the light pollution up in Scripps Poway Parkway and, and coming down into South Poway that was a topic for a few people. Uh, but. I think the majority are worried about the level of traffic on Poway road and the level of development in South Poway as compared to other districts. Um, I did have a, a few people or well, more than a few people uh, confused about the district system. They, they didn't even know we were districts. And so I talked to them about this uh, district idea and, and, and format. Um, but I think most, at least South Poway residents were uh perturbed about the amount of traffic on Power Road um, even when the uh, when the construction is being done uh, they were a little bit worried that it was going off you know down around 2 and 2 to 5 p.m where kids are out after school they were a little bit worried about that um, you know in addition to just the development itself and then you know other people in other districts one of the things that they were talking about is the district system and being a little bit confused about it
0: well, I do want to get into the district system because I know you've made a point of that on your website and in some videos. But let's mm-hmm. set that aside just temporarily because I sure. want to still go down this path about development on Poway Road and in other parts of, of the city. So, you know, they're obviously the outpost, you know, they're digging the big hole there and they're working on that underground parking structure. And a lot of times that two lanes on Poway Road gets reduced to one, which is mm. trouble. Yeah. Um, but there's now more development on Poway road, you know, out by the library with a community center, there's putting in a lot more housing and there's more that's coming, you know, between yeah. community and, um, um, and carriage road, like the the bowling alley and the thrift stores are most likely that property is going to be sold and developed yep. on. So walk me through this. Like as if you were on the city council, what action would you like to take? What action is possible to take? And if you were to wave a magic wand, what would Poway Road look like? Yeah,
1: I mean, that's, that's the hard thing as a council member is, you know, especially in this district system, I mean, you, you, you need to work with other council members in order to come to a resolution. So if all the other council members are against you on something, I mean, you need to do your due diligence. sort of win them into your uh into what you're pushing for um by going out there and and getting the the public's opinion on whatever topic that you're pushing um but if i had a magic wand i I would have done power road a little bit differently it is sad to see uh you know the the bowling alley and 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 jimmy z and all these other places go under i mean maybe it was because of covid maybe it was just previous to that but i am worried to see all of that be you know, starting to turn into an overdeveloped area where you're having, you know, a lot of apartment complexes, all sort of within South Poway. Um, if it was me, I, I'd like to see something more akin to what we see in old Poway Park. Um, I, I really like that area. It's really nice to walk through. Um, I really like uh, uh, um, Smoke and Jay's barbecue and, and the hamburger factory and, and uh, just, just the way it looks over there. I mean, it's nice. Um, I always see kids right around there and there's a, there's a nice school over there. It'd be cool to have another park in that area. But, you know, you have a park, a really massive one on the back of uh, Hamburg Factory. And, and that's sort of what I, I mean by ratio of amenities to housing. Because, um, you know, they did build some apartments and, and condos behind um, old Poway Park. Um, but you don't necessarily feel them as much as compared to what they're doing on Poway Road. Um, so if I had a magic wand, I would, I would do a similar style Along that road and, and probably less uh, of the, the big developments and more uh, shopping centers, put local power restaurants, parks that that kind of intertwine between the restaurants and and the uh, and the just typical shops where people in Poway can walk on a Saturday or Friday night, a Sunday, start attracting more, you know, 30 to 50 year olds, um, you know, in that range, 20 to 30. I, I'd like to see more of that. Um, I'd like to to see uh, the business park in Poway be attracting more, um, you know, pharmaceutical companies or things like that, where your your medium income is a little bit higher and people can work out there. Um, I, I was a little confused about the penitentiary or whatever that thing is called that people like to call. Like, I don't understand that as compared to bringing in businesses and local jobs that people can go over there, work, come and live in Poway and actually afford it because of the jobs that they're getting. Um, and then on a Friday or on a Saturday, they can walk their kids through shopping centers and and go to uh, a, a shop that is a, a local Poway restaurant. Um, I mean, I, that's what I would like to see. I'd like to see it become more local and, and really stick with that motto, which is, you know, the city and the country. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're the more and more you drive through South Poway, it's, it's harder and harder to see the country aspect of it. Um, and that was something that I thought we proud uh, we kind of we kind of pride ourselves in power is a dedicated open space, and that we had a lot of it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because some people have the misguided notion that the city council is making the final decision on everything. Yeah. It's it's private property and the property owners are choosing to develop Um, the city council has some form of um, how should I say some form of approval on the Mm -hmm. permitting process and of the drawings and the architectural plans. But but ultimately, it's not the city's property. It's a private property owner. So it's tricky to have a well-planned city, but at the same time, respect the rights of private property owners. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves. Once we get beyond the current construction, once we get, you know, up near Jimmy Z and the bowling alley, I mean, we're going to see a lot of changes over the next few
1: years. No, definitely. I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, how, if you had a magic wand, what would you do in that area? Well, I'm, I'm
0: definitely much more of a free market guy and much more of a, pro, a property rights guy. So yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm also personally, I'm big on trying to help resolve the housing crisis in San Diego Mm -hmm. County. So I'm generally pro development for those reasons. Um, but you know, I don't live on Poway road. I live in North Poway, but I did live 11 years on garden road. Um, so I have a good sense of understanding, you know, what is important in that community. So, um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it go, how it, this further develops. And you know, even here in yeah. North Poway, there's a potential project that's on the ballot um, for the farm.
1: Yeah, so. the farm. I mean, those are the same guys that did Old Poway Park. So, um, you know, if, if their their previous works are any indicator, what that farm will be, I mean, it, it could be pretty nice. Um, I, I've talked to them a few times. I mean, they're always Pretty open and cordial. So if anyone's out there and confused about what their their aim is, I would suggest giving them a call and, and just talking directly to them. They're, they're pretty open about it. Um, it is nice to see that area getting developed um, in the sense of having a uh, an open area where people can walk through, sort of like it was before. I remember going to the jacuzzi there in high school and uh, and, and uh, you know playing golf over there. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that having some development products projects like that in North Poway uh, is nice to sort of keep it even. Uh, Last night in the city council, they were talking about um, something kind of in that area, uh, more off uh, off Pomerado, but having an affordable housing development over there near the hospital and near public transit. And uh, you know, I, I think that as a development idea, that could be beneficial, especially for veterans, uh, especially being so near uh, a hospital if they need it. Uh, or if any disabled members of the community are living in that in that uh, in that area, I, I think that could be nice. I think one of the critiques we see in South Poway is just the level of development that seems to be uh, only in South Poway or on Poway Road and, and all the way to the to the highway. Uh, and it'd be nice to just even it out a little bit uh, so that all the traffic isn't just right here, you know, right where the movie theater is on that corner where everyone has their signs, depending on what political party they're, they're promoting. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things happening on that intersection and and we can even it out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I I just like to see, um, I I think that you're right. I think as a city council member, um, you can't really force or, or, you know, manhandle these private enterprises and what they want to do with their own property, but you can influence them, uh, you can uh, ask for certain proposals to be done and, and you can do it that way. And I think that's why, uh, you know, my background in conflict resolution may help because I'm sure they're not going to be too excited to have someone tell them what they want to do in their, in their private property. Um, but and, and I won't. I, I'm just going to, you know, use some Jedi mind tricks to try to get them to do what the, what the city wants them to do, as in the public, not the council.
0: Well you know, you mentioned earlier in, the, in our discussion, the VFW, out on Old Pomerado, and mm-hmm. you know let's, that's kind of a nice way to tee up this um, Big Stone Lodge. And I'm yeah. um, kind of interested in your opinion on that, not because there's a number of ways this could go, right? The, some people want to restore the Big Stone Lodge. Some people want to commemorate the Big Stone Lodge. Some people want to keep it a park, other people want to develop housing. What is your view on what should be done at that site?
1: I mean, I'd still want to get more and more opinions out there and continue to get what the public wants to do versus my own opinion. But if I had to say my own, I'd like to to, to see it stay the way it is or or park uh, renovated a bit. So it does look nicer or, you know, so it's not falling apart if it is, Um, but (laughs) it is. Yeah. So I'd like to put in some money to, to renovate it. But, you know, there's. Other cities within California um, that have attracted tourism by promoting local historical structures or ideas, and, and you know Poway can can do the same. You know, there's not very many people that travel to Poway to see uh, one thing or another. No, no one's coming to Old Poway Park really to to just see the Old Poway Park. But we can convert our cities so that local businesses, especially restaurants are having this influx of outsiders coming in to see Poway and then go to a local restaurant versus putting a a two to three story apartment complex um, in that area. Um, But I do want to say that VFW is great on Fridays, they do cheeseburgers and I highly suggest people going over there. You'll get some amazing stories from our veterans. You know, they they have some amazing stories and, 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 and some uh, lessons that I think, um, current men and, and even women would, would benefit a lot from, from listening to.
0: Well, you know, um, well, yeah, I a hundred percent with you on VFW. In fact, uh, John Carson is one of my guests here on the podcast posts about them regularly promoting their cheeseburgers on Fridays
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nice
0: on there. But yeah, here, uh, one of our, um, uh, one of our viewers just, you know, shared this comment um, with you. And she, first of all said, uh, This is from Rebecca Lindsay. Cities everywhere are adopting housing models, storefronts on bottom level with the two to three levels above for housing. Personally, not crazy about it. Not sure it's best for Poway and the city and the country may need a new motto soon.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I I said that in the well, in in the the, the uh, relegating the uh, the motto to history, I said that in the council last night is that. You know, if, before we know it, I mean, that motto will be just a historical term for us. I mean, we're, we're quickly become very little in, in the sense of country. Um, I, I do think that, you know, in, in that the, the outpost idea, I do like that they did parking underground uh, just to save on space. But that's probably, you know. Only thing I like about that whole idea, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> um well, I, I also thought that that it was kind of silly that they they were so shocked they hit water there. I, I thought that was a little bit strange. I think that, that should have been thought through uh, ahead of time. Um and, and you know, she's right. I mean, uh uh the the new model seems to be storefronts on that bottom level, sort of what we see in like Little Italy or or North Park even, and then that top level being housing. I even see it kind of going down in Claremont Mesa, but that isn't Poway. Um, but, you know, I may be in the minority. I mean, I think that's part of the uh, the purpose of being council members is if you go out into the public, we sort of get a gist of what everyone's thinking. And if everyone is wanting to transition away from our our current motto and be more like Claremont Mesa or whichever, you know, maybe that's where we where we go. But as far as I can tell from everyone I've talked to is we still want to be the city in the country And uh, I think we need to develop a 20 to 30 year plan that, that keeps that motto uh, away from being a historical motto and keep it in the present. Uh, And, and we can do it while still um, compromising on some development projects, uh, depending on what they are. Um, But like you said, I think we're going to have to really wait and see uh, how Poway road looks after all these development projects got, got uh, pushed through. And I think that's probably my own, the, my only critique, of the city council is that I I don't really see any arguments or debates in the meetings. Uh, They all seem so, you know, uh, I I guess complicit with each other. I mean, and they're so happy. Everyone just agrees vote unanimous, boom, down next development. And and it's so quick. Uh, And I'd like to see more arguments. I'd like to see a little bit more fire. I mean, uh, especially since the community has a lot of uh, intense opinions about how much development should be happening in Poway, especially South Poway
0: hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think vigorous debate is always good, um, even if it's just presenting a devil's advocate. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I'm with you on that for sure. Um, let's bounce around here as a few other topics. Let's talk about the district issue. Um, you sure. know, Poway recently switched to four districts rather than voting at large. I know it, it sounds like you want to go back to the at large system. So. Share with me your thoughts on the district voting system and and what you think the pros and cons of it are.
1: You know, I don't necessarily want to go back to the at-large elections, but I did want to be a devil's advocate and really talk through this whole idea, Um, you know, because there there has been a historical issue with South Power being underrepresented on the council. And so this district system does give us a representative that will be only in South Power from South Power. But the problem is that, um, you only get to vote for that person. Yet that person needs to work with everybody else in order to make a decision, and you have no say in those council members. So, if there's three other council members that are completely opposite of your district council member, uh, you will constantly lose out and, and continue to lose out. And so, that historical problem with underrepresentation in Poway in South Poway, excuse me, uh, will continue. Uh, and, and sort of, and that, that's kind of what I was uh, I was trying to get at is maybe the district system isn't the best idea in solving the underrepresentation of South Poway. Maybe there's better ways to do it and continue to strengthen our vote. You know, as a Poway citizen, you and I, uh, we only have a choice now in our own district council member. And so in a way, our, our voting power has been, uh, has been limited. And, and I'm not sure that that was the, the best idea. I'm just not sure. I'd like to see more of a debate on the pros and cons and, and have our city fight for uh, our voting power if necessary. You know, other cities like Santa Monica, they're in a similar position. Uh, they have 90,000 people in their city, so a little bit bigger. Uh, you know, they fought and, and uh, they, they they won an appeals court decision, and, and they're continuing to fight to, to regain that those at-large elections. Now, I'm not saying maybe we shouldn't do that. I mean, it's going to cost a good amount of money, uh, but I'd just like to see more of a debate. And, and that's sort of what I see. As a problem on the national level with our uh, our politics is this um, this idea where we're not solving social issues. It's not you know me and you, John, trying to solve X social issue. It's that you're good, I'm evil, or I'm evil and you're good, whichever. And we're arguing and fighting, and and we never actually solve the solution or uh, sorry, the problem. And so our eyes are off the ball. And uh, I'd I'd like to be a part of the the new generation of, of politicians. Uh, Even though I don't want to be a politician, but, you know, a new generation of Poway politics where we get away from that idea and we go back to here's the problem. Let's solve it together uh, and get the best solutions in the most efficient way.
0: Well, I think isn't that a headline on your Web page? keeping politics
1: out of Poway. Is, Is that what you were meaning? That's what I mean. I mean, I, I think I, I like I said, I, I see that on the on the national level, and I even see it in Poway, which was probably the most shocking thing about running for city council is I see a lot of toxic behavior, even within the politics of Poway. Uh And I just think it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. It's inappropriate, especially as adults. Uh, and I think that we need to work together in order to solve problems versus go after each other for this perceived good versus e- evil uh, uh, argument. And you know, I think I'm, I think we were talking about this before, but my hypothesis is that uh, in, in our current society is that we, we believe that we already have discovered the truth. Yet this truth is uh, we're always reaching for. it, We're always searching for. It. That's the, the, the hard reality of that. Um, and if you are always searching for the truth, then you'd want to sit down and discuss and debate so that you can consistently and constantly learn. But if you've already discovered the truth why sit down? Why even discuss? Why talk? I mean, you are the truth. You know the truth. You are good. They are obviously wrong. And so you can just attack them for it. And I I think this is a dangerous way or or a dangerous thing within our current uh, society, especially within politics. We need to sit down. We need to have discourse and uh, and continue to learn as uh, truth seekers.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good perspective. Um, You know, we We tend to get very tribal, right? We're we're part of this political party or part of this group or part of this, however you want to slice and dice society. Um, And sometimes it's good to break those down and just really focus on problem solving um, rather than immediately categorizing the other side, framing them, you know, according to your political agenda.
1: No, Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Like the other day when uh, we were having, um, you know, technical problems with with this podcast, you know, instead of us sitting down and trying to solve this, the, the problem, which is these technical problems, I could have just started attacking you. How how dare you do this on my day? And, Thank and you. you could. Yeah. And you could do the opposite. You know, it's it's your fault, Frank. I mean, you have a right. terrible computer and you're making me look bad. But no, we, we sat down and we, we had a very fun discussion about technology. And yeah, we did. We did. Uh, we rescheduled. And that was the solution to the problem.
0: Well, you know, as I'll, just to be very candid with you and with the audience is, um, you know, we had the, the scheduled podcast like a week and a half ago. I was having technical trouble because I was on Wi-Fi and I upgraded my camera and it's like sending so much data through the pipe that I think it kind of choked the, um, the bandwidth. Well, anyways, we canceled it. And then I, there were a number of people that really wanted to meet you, you know, and see you on this podcast. And when I canceled it, there were some people that thought that there was an evil conspiracy um, going <laughs> on, that uh, yeah. well, he, he must've backed out because of this or that. And so, yeah, there's, there's some of that even here in Poway where, you know, there's, there are, people have political perspectives. They see things through political lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the reality, even though it is a nonpartisan race, it, it can be very partisan.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. That's a, a great analysis.
0: Well, um, here here's a question that um, was served up, and, and this is a this is a pretty pointed question, but I'll I'll share it with you. And um, this was from Paul Trevino, and he's a, one of the frequent commenters on South and Poway, South and North Poway votes. And he said, um, the question you want me to pose was, you and Chris Olps are both running against the incumbent. You know, of course, that's Cailin Frank. Um, I have seen Chris's good work here for a long time, less so of you. Would you consider dropping out rather than splitting an anti-incumbent vote? Now, that's a pretty brutal question, but I, I want to be candid. I know that was something that some of the the voters um, are interested in learning more about you and you know, the potential of, of, uh, splitting an anti-incumbent
1: vote? Yeah, no, I think it's a good question, but, you know, the same question could be asked to Chris Olps, you know, would you be considering stepping down so that you don't split the vote? So, you know, I always question where these, where these people are coming from on that and who they're tied to. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that the, there is always an, uh, a chance of splitting a vote, let's say for, for Cailin Frank or, Uh, there's no chance at at all and people are going to vote who they think is the best candidate. But I think as an American, everyone has the right to run for city council and I, and I highly suggest everyone does so or or whoever wants to. Uh, It's a great experience, especially learning the ins and outs of of Poway uh, politics. But, you know, this, this man has obviously seen things that Chris has been doing around the community. Um, And maybe that's because it's, it's specific to wherever he lives or, or the, subsects of community members, like if, if uh, you know, Chris has children and they're going to a certain school and this, this man's kids also go to the school, he'll see something and he may not interact with me because I'm at Poway High School coaching uh, older kids uh, or he's not joining the, the Poway Kiwanis meetings and doesn't see me there or didn't donate blood the other day and didn't see me uh, volunteering my time there. So um, I, I think that when it comes to volunteer work in Poway, I do think it is separate than being a council member. I I don't see the correlation between you volunteer your time at X or Z in Poway, and that means you are going to be a good council member. I think that a bigger thing would be what is the purpose and the job description of a council member? And that is, like I said, getting public opinion and learning how to negotiate, especially in a toxic environment where you may be alone against other council members. Uh, And that would be what I would suggest everyone voting right now is, do you think that The other candidates are going to be able to negotiate their way and convince other council members to work with them on whatever idea, uh, or or, you know, or not. And I can tell you that I will, I I can work with the other council members, uh, and I can get them to do uh, one thing or another depending on how good it is for for Poway, uh, or I'll do my best to do that. And I think most council members, uh, and, and that's another thing too, is that my question to this man would be, I would suggest you ask that same question to Chris and see what he says. Uh, You know, Chris has run a a few times now and I think that he hasn't won yet. Um, And so I I think it comes down to a a question that you may want to ask yourself is when do you uh, decide to become an advisor versus just continue to run? Um, But I, I do think that, Running over and over again is also great, too. I think that Chris has a great uh, perspective on things. He's a, he's a pretty smart guy. Um, but I, I don't want to get too much into the nitty-gritty of, of his platform for, versus mine. I think he does a great job explaining his platform. And I highly suggest people going to his website and just calling him. He's uh, he's very uh, accessible, I'll tell you that. Always available for coffee. Um, and, and I am, too. I live in Poway and, uh, you know, me and him are, are very similar, but we're also different. Uh, the differences come mostly in personality and job description. Like I said, I'm a conflict resolution. Um, I have a conflict resolution expertise, um, and I'm in business. Um, I I have a small business, but I also work for a business. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm very accustomed to working with people, especially people of different cultures and, and, uh, and rights, and and uh, I, I think that's the biggest difference. But um, would I consider dropping out because of a perceived split vote? Uh, probably not. I don't. I don't think that uh, me and Chris running are going to split a uh, split a vote against Kalen Frank. It would just mean that me or Chris weren't good enough to beat Kalen Frank.
0: Well, on your website, by the way, one of the you know headlines you have is local officials over appointed out of towners, and. Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about, but, you know, expand on that, please.
1: Yeah, I I mean, there was an appointment of Kaylin Frank and then later she was voted in. But everyone knows that incumbents have a uh, (laughs) have a handicap when when it comes to voting. They always seem to win. Uh, And so appointing her was really the big thing. Uh, And I'm not necessarily saying Kaylin Frank is a bad person because she's not. I think she's a great person. Um, But one thing is that Poway wants and needs local Powegians to be running for city council. Uh, you know, she's made it somewhat clear, uh, you know, not directly, but that she is trying to move up in the political ladder and she wants to move on to bigger things. And that's not what I'm trying to do at all. I'm not a politician and, and I never will be. Um, I have a job and I'm, I'm quite happy with it. And uh, I've been pretty open about this, but my part-time salary that the city wants to give me for council um, Is going to be donated back right back into the city, either at the Poway High School Rugby Program, because it's very dear to my heart, or other programs. And I'm not going to take a single dollar from that. I'm just going to donate it completely back. Uh, I obviously have to accept it, but I'm going to give it back. Um, that's my aim. I'm, I'm not a, a politician. Um, and I think that um, Poway needs more non-politicians running for city council and people that uh, grew up in Poway. You know, I don't. I don't think that You have to be here 30 years to be the best council member. You could be here 10 years, five years, a few years, but a few months, I don't think cuts it. Um, And even if you never lived in Poway, I don't think that cuts it either. I think you need to be uh, from Poway, at least graduate from Poway High School, at least know what it means to walk to the taco shop, go to the barn, um, you know, be as happy with the, the new in and out uh, so you don't have to go to Carmelton Mountain anymore. <laughs> you know, I think you, right. you, need a, you need to have certain experiences in Poway to sort of get the idea of, of what, what's best for Poway, and, and that's what I, uh, what I mean by that. I, I don't really mean that as a, an attack against Kaylin Frank, because like I said, I, I think she's a great person, um, and I think that deep down, she also wants the best for Poway, even if she may not necessarily be from Poway.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, that that was an interesting appointment when she was made because no, no one really knew who she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had an opportunity to interview her in the 2018 cycle. And, yeah, you're right. She's a very nice person. And, yeah. um, you know, and she's becoming more and more acclimated in the in the community. But as an incumbent, she'll have an advantage. Um, and, yeah. And that's that's naturally true in any election. The incumbents always have an upper hand. So um, that's what's going to make your race really fascinating for for me and many others to watch, uh, to see how it plays out as a three as a three way.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, um, I think if if like if we look at the votes and let's say Caitlin Frank gets six thousand and I get one and, and Chris gets two, we're not really splitting the vote. We we just both would have lost even if you took all my thousand votes and put it on Chris. I mean, Caitlin still won. So I, I think the, those questions. Uh, Those questions can be disingenuous. I think the better thing to be is just get the ideas of what the candidate is running on and either vote for them or not. But to go after certain candidates with uh, loaded questions is strange. And and I think it's unnecessary in in Poway, especially when uh, Chris and I are both of Poway. We both graduated Poway High School. We've both been here quite some time. Uh, We probably even share some friends, even though he's a bit older than me.
0: That's right. But yeah. Chris's roots go back quite a ways here in Poway as well. Yeah.
1: Remember. Very far.
0: Um, it's just uh, some of the comments that are coming in, by the way, this is a live stream and we encourage oh, nice. <laughs> um, listeners and viewers to share their comments and questions. But John Carson uh, said, uh, he goes, I'm an officer of the VFW and volunteer bartender. I'm there a lot. I haven't seen you there, Frank, please come out sometime. So get to know John. he's a good guy.
1: Yeah, no, I will. Yeah, we've been there a few times, me and my dad. I mean, he may not have maybe recognized me with my with my mask on. Um, But yeah, the last time I was in there, too, there was they were having some kind of bar issues. I don't know what the what the thing was. So I just sat outside.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, everything's kind of upside down with covid these days. So,
1: Um, yeah, it's hard to recognize people with masks, that's for sure. Or have you have you tried smiling? You know, if you're trying to have like a normal conversation, you got to just squint. Pretend like they're
0: smiling. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard. Uh, and for me, I mean, I I pay attention to actually watching the person's mouth move so I can better hear people. And I can't do that now. So it's hard now. I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the other thing on your website that I, I thought was was interesting, is you said, um, Poway first, support community and um, and the local businesses. So maybe share yeah. some thoughts there on that issue.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, that may be tough to do as a council member, like we've been discussing the real role and job uh, responsibilities. But, you know, I'd like to see uh, the city council promote or kind of give preferential treatment to local businesses. So maybe like 25% of projects are given or uh, afforded to local Poway uh, residents or business owners. Like, you know, we have that local Ford dealership, but, you know, the city ended up purchasing a bunch of trucks from a different dealership. And, you know, there may be some price negotiation. Maybe Poway wasn't able to do it. I, I, I can understand that. I'm not sure that's what happened, but I would like to see these sort of things at least be offered to Poway residents first. Um, I, I don't know if you, how how much you can do of that legally, but if I had that magic wand, I would do 25% at least would go to local Poway um, businesses. Um, another thing too is, you know, I know that everyone loves Chick-fil-A and, and, and restaurants like that, but I would much prefer to see those in the business park uh, and and see local businesses down in Poway. So a big restaurant chain or a big restaurant, a local uh, restaurant down on Poway Road and have those big chains kind of up, not on the the main drag. Um, But I I think the statement sort of is exactly what I mean, is that I would like to push Poway small businesses first. Um, You know, they may be a chain, but if the owner is from Poway and that's a franchised thing, then. That would count too. Um, but I'd like to promote the, 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 local residents first.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. You know, there's some, um, there's a lot of really good local businesses here in Poway. Um, one of the mm-hmm. things that I try to do is on the nights when our family doesn't cook, um, you know, it's the same question. What do you want? Where do you want to go? I don't know. What do you want? I always make it a point. <laughs> yeah. to get on Yelp and I'll look up Poway restaurants and then I stack rank them based on their review rating and I'll look at the top of the list and I'll say, have I gone there? Have yeah. I gone there? And then eventually I pick some and I've, I've visited some amazing restaurants here in town that I yeah. otherwise wouldn't have seeked out. So there's a lot of great businesses here locally.
1: No, definitely. And, and sometimes they're kind of tucked away. Um, you know, I went to a Filipino restaurant the other day on Poway Road, uh, kind of going towards um, where all those dirt bikes are being sold, kind of across the street from Garden Road and Seven Eleven on that side of Poway Road, uh, okay. north yeah. side of Poway Road. Um, in that shopping center over there, there's a, there's a Filipino restaurant that's really good. I, I highly recommend it. Right on.
0: I think I know the shopping center you're talking about. There used to be a like a billiards store.
1: Yeah, on the back side of that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right not on. The, not the side of the church, but like the other side, or where you you go vote <laughs> on the other side.
0: Um. Here, here's another question that came in, and we sort of touched on this, but um, Pete Neald, who a frequent friend of the John Riley Project podcast, he said,
1: "Yeah, drives uh, the blue he Corvette."
0: Oh, yeah. So, you know about Pete. Yeah. (laughs) He's got a great car. Oh, my God. (laughs) Calypso, yeah. So, um, Pete Neal said, Poway Road notwithstanding, um, Mm -hmm. what are the issues you have heard that needs the most help, specifically in District 4?
1: I, I don't understand the question.
0: So, what are the most important issues you're hearing from voters in District 4 not counting Poway Road.
1: Oh, so what we talked about before?
0: Well, in in District Four, you're talking to voters. You're hearing yeah. what whether their concerns, their issues, sure, you know, yeah, yeah, driving them. What is yeah, important I can, to the voters? Not counting yeah.
1: Poway Road. No, I got you. I just I thought we already talked about, but yeah, I can I can reiterate. I mean, most of the things I'm 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 running into is is really specific to Poway Road and traffic and. And, and, you know, that's the biggest things Um, I have talked to people in other districts and, you know, and and their issues range, um, you know, from the performing arts center to, uh, you know, the farm, uh, you know, their, their issues are, are different, but for district four, you know, I I think it's, uh, it it ranges. It, It goes from the, the light pollution, like I said, from Scripps Power Parkway, it goes all the way up to the overdevelopment of Power Road and, and, know how can we um, kind of reset our 20-year plan to keep our motto the city in the country Um, and you know there's other people that are also upset about just the the lengthy uh, processes in the city to get permits for an ADU or for any extra things they want to build on their on their property so you know it it is a it is a big range um, and and that's sort of not surprising uh, in America You know, everyone's so individualistic That I'm sure, uh, you know I mean, there are commonalities, but I think People's main uh, Issues tend to uh, Tend to differ um, And I, like I said, I, I did run into a few people More than a few people that didn't even Know we were in districts uh, And were actually pretty uh, upset about Not being able to vote uh, For District 2 That's also up for reelection. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think people are going to wake up to that when they look at their ballot and they're only going to have one race to vote on or maybe no races to vote on because of the way it plays out. Um, You know, you you just spoke about permitting processes and ADUs, you know, and that's granny flats and all that. Yeah. Now, Mayor Voss has this proposal um, that's really only been discussed conceptually, as far as I know, is to number one, streamline the permitting process to make it easier for people to build a granny flat on their property. But Mm -hmm. mayor Voss went the extra step in proposing that the city make a loan to the property owner and then participate in a revenue share um, on the rental income to pay not only the homeowner back to pay a property manager back and also to pay the city back. And I'm interested in your thoughts on that proposal.
1: It sounds enticing. I'd like to actually read it, to be honest with you. But I mean, there was something similar done on Garden Road, I remember, like years ago about solar and uh, getting solar on on certain build on, on your house and and, and sort of a, a program that they did for that. But I mean, I think that's great. I mean, I think um, having the a streamlined and efficient way of creating an ADU, a granny flat on your property is probably better than Uh, these stacks of apartments we see on power roads. I'd I'd like to see that a little bit more. I'm even in a a similar position. You know, my my parents have uh, some room, and so I'm going to try and build an ADU on their property. Um, And and that's sort of the um, compromise we need to do in California. It's so expensive here, especially San Diego. You know, 1,000 square feet is like 650 grand. So an ADU could run you 300 for 1,700 square feet. Um, so it is a, it is a steal. Um, and so if the city wants to help promote that, um, I, I think that's a, a great idea. Now, the nitty gritty on, on how to actually do that in this program that Mayor Voss is, uh, is suggesting, I'd have to read through it. And, uh, you know, I'd hope that if, if it gets pushed through uh, with current city council members, that there'd be a lively and open debate to get the best and most efficient program out there. I think that's the real purpose of debating is you're, you're sort of trying to get the best versus just the first.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it, it has been discussed at the city council level, but my understanding is it's just been more of a conceptual idea that hasn't yeah. really started, you know, getting any legs yet. Um, so yeah, I encourage you to take a closer look at that. I think it's an interesting proposal. I, I see parts of it I like and parts that I want question. Um, but you know, there, we're seeing a few more questions that are flowing in here on the live stream and some and and they're both about the penitentiary. And I know that you've already commented on on this, but people are kind of popping in on this live stream, you know, at middle.
1: Yeah, you know, That's I, a, it, I apologize. That's what confused me that, about Pete Neal? I thought we had already talked about, but now I'm understanding people are coming in live versus just watching it. Exactly. Yeah. So and, and so People are,
0: number one, I'm, I'm going to try to interpret what some people are saying here. So, number okay. one, people are, are upset with the penitentiary building itself um, kind of being popped okay. up and being a, an eyesore for people in South Poway. Yeah. And there's the concept of the people that are moving in the, in that facility is, is Amazon, yeah. which is going to bring in a lot of, you know, low-paying jobs you know it's not yeah. big pharma like you were hoping to move into the business park there be you know got people that are going to be on minimum wage or a little bit above that yeah um, which then brings us into the whole concept of affordable housing and where are these people are going to live and does poway have housing that can meet their needs so i just threw a bunch of things on the table there at once you know maybe you can yeah. share some additional thoughts
1: yeah i mean i think uh you know no council member is going to be an expert on on every topic and i think that's where uh, part of our role comes into play, which is doing our due diligence to talk to experts in the field to to get the the best answers, while also going around the public and getting their feedback on what they want to do or, or not to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of that thing either. I mean. I think that my gripe is is less so the aesthetics of it, but more so the the quality and the level of jobs that we see going into Poway. Uh, Like you mentioned, I'd like to see a a, a lot bigger businesses. I I keep mentioning pharma just because I'm from the pharmaceutical industry, but it's not some conspiracy that I only want pharmaceuticals, you know. I know I'm sure we'll hear something like that, any industry, but, you know, I'm not necessarily for, like you said, these sort of uh, um, minimum wage jobs, even though they they are also useful. I think there was a better use of that that large space. But I think you you touched on this a little bit earlier, John, about private property and, and not being able to do too much about what the private owners want to do with their property. Uh, but we could influence them a bit, and if I could go back, and if I was a council member and I had that magic wand, I would, I would influence them into doing something more. I mean, we've got General Atomics up there, and, and that's a great company to have up there and, and employ people and have a wide range of of employment. So for anywhere from minimum wage, but also a lot higher paying jobs. Um, but like you said, with Amazon, you're only sort of going to get the the one grouping versus a a, a range. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm hoping as a council member, I can mitigate more penitentiaries and, uh, and bring in uh, pharmaceutical industry or others of the sort. Yeah,
0: I think there's a, you know, a development um, piece to the city that I think tries to bring in some of that kind of business. Um, But I think the, it, it, we're talking like the city council has had a meeting last night, right? They're talking about where to put affordable housing and mm-hmm. they're debating upon which site and Monte Vista or Twin Peaks or, or the Big Stone Lodge site. Um, yeah. And I, I think if I recall, they, they, they Ixnade um, Twin Peaks and Big Stone Lodge. And I think they're going to focus on that plot at Monte Vista near the hospital. but. Yeah. How, the, that's also one of the controversies or, or maybe objections to the, the, the farm development in North Poway where those homes are not going to be affordable housing homes. They're going to be homes that are going to be around a million dollars. So what, what's your opinion on affordable housing? Should Poway do affordable housing? If so, where should they do it? Um, how would you go yeah. about
1: that? I mean, I, I mean, I- this may be not completely true, so I'll have to double check. So take this with a grain of salt. But when I talked to uh, one of those guys that came by with uh, the old truck for, from the farm, um, they mentioned that a certain subset would be affordable housing, or at least not as expensive, but it is a delicate balance. I mean, if you want the, uh, the city and the country, uh, you're going to have less affordable housing to get that space, um, or just you don't have to develop as much and you can push more of the parks and just amenities. Um, but I think that's the one thing that I've noticed with the council is that it seems like if there is a site or is a space to develop, they will develop it um, in, into something um, like affordable housing or, uh, or the like. And I think that we don't need to develop everything that we have. We could create um, spaces for entertainment like parks or, uh, you know, or shopping centers or whichever, but it doesn't always have to be developed when it comes to the farm, I mean, the way it sit, sits now, I mean, it's overgrown. It, it is a little bit of an eyesore. Um, and I do think that the at least the the gist of what the farm is aiming to do sounds nice. Uh, they have a wide range of different types of housing that, that seems like it'll be all right. And they have a good amount of amenities that they're also going to put in place to sort of counterbalance uh, the housing that they're, that they're putting there. Um, but I think that the The issues that those residents around that are feeling are what South Poway has been feeling for years. Uh, So I I think that they also have to realize that, uh, you know, if it's in your backyard, you may have an issue. But we've been having that issue for a long time now, and and no one seemed to care uh, when it was, you know, on the other side of Poway. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I think as a council member, I'm going to have to work with and negotiate with the other council members in order to move them in a direction that's best for the public uh, by taking in their opinion.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's going to be difficult to try to figure out the right way to do affordable housing that makes sense for the city and the property owner and satisfies the needs of the community. But sometimes I get a sense just that people you know, some people say there's a South Poway and a North Poway and there's a division. Other people say, hey, we're all one big, happy city and we all love each other. Well, and both are, I think, are true. Um, yeah. But I think people in South Poway have been um, they kind of feel like, you know, they're always on the short end of the stick. Right. They're the ones that are always having the affordable housing. Uh, units put in, and so sometimes there you sense that they want to zing North Poway, and, and try to, you know try to get yeah
1: on the farm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you eye for an
0: eye,
1: <laughs> right? I mean, there's a little yeah. bit of that. I could um, see that. I mean, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the farm, they, they those pamphlets look nice. <laughs> Everything they they, do. they say looks nice. um mm-hmm. But, you know, that's another thing, too, with a lot of people is that they want affordable housing, but they don't want it in their backyard. They want affordable housing, but do it over there. And then the same goes for the for the, the people on the other side. So, I mean, if you if you want the or, or the, you know, they'll, they'll say, you know, they want to they want to keep that motto of the city and the country, but they also want affordable housing. So you're always going to be balancing things that's and, true. you know, not everyone is going to be happy, but you got to do what's best for the majority of people and, 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 and honestly just do your best for the city and not for the developer or for whatever you think uh, is, is best. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten some some pretty interesting opinions about the farm. I had an individual uh, that talked about maybe we wouldn't even need that if the city invested heavily in reclaimed water. And then the, uh, you know, they could have used reclaimed water there to uh, to water the, uh, the Gulf Range. And it would have never maybe went went under business because they were paying all for Water so you know you've got a lot Of opinions out there I, I do like the reclaimed Water idea and it's a big investment Up front so uh, you'd have to See how you're going to do that but overall I mean It seems like a it could be a good idea Especially for fighting fires you could use reclaimed Water instead of other waters uh, and, and save the long term cost Of water uh, in Poway um, But you know that's all things that you need to, s- to Discuss with the public and Also with the other city council members to convince Them of whatever the public wants uh, You know or not
0: well, it's, it's interesting, you know, it's this whole idea of nimbyism, right? You know, not in my backyard. And we see that right here. <laughs> yeah. in and and like, you know, let's just consider the site for affordable housing on Twin, on Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. And um, Joe St. Lucas just um, asked a question here. He said the Twin Peaks site was excluded from the affordable housing proposal last night, you know, at the city council meeting. Do you think it should have been kept to see if anyone wanted to develop on it now? Um, you know, I know that site in particular, the local community there was very, um, very nimby on keeping that, um, uh, you know, they were objecting to having that as an affordable housing, uh, location. I mean, what are your thoughts yeah. on that site specifically? And should the city have kept it on the table for affordable housing or should they have ixnated it to satisfy the needs of that community?
1: I mean, uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I know what he's talking about, but. And at least last night's meeting, I thought John Mullen did a good job announcing all three sites. Uh, so it's not like he only announced two and, and not Twin Peaks. Um, and, but you're right. I mean, that, that Twin Peaks area, they were really against that idea. And so I think the council members were sort of pushing themselves away from that site, uh, giving one reason or another. But I mean, that's, that goes back to the whole idea is does it need to be developed? Do we need to have all these developments go into place? Uh, and if so, does it have to be affordable housing? Can it be something else? Um, you know, what, what what is the push? What, what is the intense push to develop every single site in Poway? Um, and, and what do the residents want? And and, and having uh, transparency and discussing that and being, you know, somewhat confrontational by saying, hey, you may not want this in your backyard, but those other sites don't want it in their backyard either. Right. Um, you know, so uh, <laughs> we, we have to come to a, a solution together uh, versus just kicking back these ideas and, 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 and like you said, making it a North versus South, uh, South power, because it really isn't. Uh, It's such a small town in a sense that we we only have 50,000 people here. (laughs) You're going to run into people eventually.
0: Yeah. The, it's interesting, the Twin Peaks site in particular, that's in district two and district two also is going to be on the ballot in November. (laughs) And so you kind of wonder if that's in play as well. Um, I'm sure it is questions. Hell yeah it's got to be um, Because there's an incumbent there That's running for re-election So I'm sure yeah. that plays a role To some degree um,
1: As much as top- it plays in, in South Poway You know we have developments That have already been approved And are ongoing And potentially new ones With uh, you know all those businesses That went under And what they're going to want to do In the future So that's in play for sure I'm sure everyone in South Poway Is intrigued about what will happen there And so I'm sure in District 2, Twin Peaks is going to be a site that is, uh, you know, highly debated.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's, you know, we're talking about affordable housing. The other hot topic in Poway, and some people online were rightfully saying this always seems to come up during election season, but the concept of veterans housing. um, (laughs) You know, some people think we need to have affordable housing for veterans because these are people that protected our country. Um, Other people wonder why it needs to be exclusively for veterans. Um, what What's your take on that uh, concept?
1: I, my, my father's a veteran and you know, I come from a long line of veterans. So I, I may be a little bit biased in this answer. So um, I, I do think it's nice to have uh, housing set aside for veterans or disabled members of our community. Um, but I think the real fact is I think the council has, has, I guess, offered or said that they would do uh, affordable housing for veterans. And so I think they need to go forth and complete that goal, especially if that's what they uh, they said that they were going to do for the public. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think in general, I think it's it's nice to have when you do have affordable housing, have subsections that are available for veterans and disabled members of our community. Um, I mean, it's the same thing when, you you know, you go to the mall and or to the the, uh, the movie theater outside of COVID and you get a discount for being a veteran. I mean, I think that uh, I don't know how legally how you can guarantee that this one affordable housing development is only going to be for veterans. I'm not sure the legal aspects of it, um, but you could offer, you know, discounted prices for, for veterans so that it's not completely a veterans affordable housing block, but they do have a lower price. So you can kind of... Um, compromise on that idea. Uh, But overall, I I do think it's nice to give back to those of us in the community uh, that uh, sacrificed more than others or the same as others, but in a different way uh, for the greater good.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it's a debatable topic, in in my opinion, you know, because I think to your point, you can't exclusively and legally make it only for veterans. Um, but by the same token, there's so much public sympathy and public support of veterans, especially in Poway, you know, you look around, I mean, the VFW, and there's just so many examples of veterans that are big parts of our community. So it's an interesting topic and it does come up on election season. And to your point, the council did commit to it. Um, they shifted gears because originally it was going to be there on Twin Peaks, yeah. And then I think they talked about having it at the Big Stone Lodge site. And
1: so I don't know where it's going to go. Um, well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, John. I, mean, no, no. The internet. Okay. Um, I, I thought, you know, last night, at least Caitlin Frank had this idea about kind of keeping it towards Pomerado and the hospital there. And, and I thought that was a good idea if you're going to do veterans housing. Uh, a lot of our veterans uh, are in need of healthcare and having it closer to the hospital is nice. So, you know, I, I think like we, we were talking about earlier is there's smart ways to do development and <laughs> there's unsmart ways as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's funny. Is like back in, gosh, when was it? Maybe 07 or 08. Um, I was on the uh, city of Poway's budget review committee which, by the way, is a fascinating assignment. If you want to be appointed to a committee, you learn so much about the city. But back then they made an interesting comment that there was very little empty space in Poway to develop on. And the city, of course, was always hungry to develop because they can transform that land into property tax revenue. Um, And but, you know, that land is is almost gone. There's very little of it left. Um, So. Those little those little tiny plots like Monte Vista are now being targeted. Um, so it's it's a, it's going to be a debatable point here. To, in to your previous issue, yeah, the city and the country, and how do you make all
1: that work together? No, yeah, you're you're definitely juggling a lot of things, and sometimes things that are on the opposite spectrum. Um, I mean, it would be great to be. On a committee like that. I mean, in 07, I was busy trying to graduate high school. <laughs> but, okay, uh, I'm, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would okay. I, I mean, if anything, if, if uh, you know, you know, win or lose, I, I'd still like to continue to give back to power. So if I if I lose this coming up uh, uh, election, it's not like I'm going to be hiding in my closet crying. Okay. I am going to continue to move forward. Uh, you know, this you whole know, thing positive is, mindset. You know, yeah. I think, win, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm going to win, yeah. but Hey, you yeah. know, uh, win or lose. I, I am, uh, just happy that I'm doing something for power. I'm running for city council and, uh, I'll do whichever whatever is needed to continue to give back to, to the, the community.
0: Awesome. Um, there's a couple of more things I want to touch on. We're like at about an hour, so I don't want to go sure, yeah. longer, but, um, One of the criticisms that some people have of the city of Poway is that unlike any other city in our general area, the city of Poway does not have a climate action plan. They have no, you know, no plan to, you know, curb greenhouse gases. And, you know, we can go down the line of all the potential. So what are your thoughts on, you know, the climate issues and what should the city do or not be doing as it relates to that,
1: yeah, I mean, like, like this is a, that, that is a good question. I mean, I think it would go back to that idea that not everyone is an expert. You know, I, I may be an expert uh, in immunology, but it doesn't mean I'm an expert in environmental sciences. And I, I've noticed this a lot in with uh, within even my own uh, grouping of uh, of occupational people. You know, scientists is that everyone is seems to be an expert on everyone else's topic. You know, you got Bill Nye who is now an expert on on virology, and it's just yeah. not how it works. So I would I would defer to environmental scientists that are uh, going out there and seeking out data to see whether or not how relevant the data is, how accurate it is. I'd like to see their data. I'd like to see how they're setting up their uh, their experiments and, and their uh, you know, like in um, in pharmaceuticals. You know, if you're not doing a double blind placebo, you're not doing any of that in order to do your your uh, your clinical trials. Then your setup may be flawed and i'd like to see what the environmental scientists are doing uh, about perceived uh, changes within uh, within the environment i can tell you as someone who enjoys hunting and being out camping um, i'd love to see more recycling and promotion of just taking care of our world and our environment Uh, i think it is only for the betterment of future generations so you can argue all you want whether or not global warming and all this is true or not I think it's a mute point. Either way, it's good for the environment to take care of uh, for for future generations. So I I don't think it matters if it's true or not, to be honest with you. Um, But it would be nice to see more of that in Poway. Um, I I think for me, I'd like to speak with some experts in the field um, to see how you could do that in Poway, because there's a, a balancing act between raising costs, Uh, Because everything costs money. So it would be definitely a a balancing act and seeing how or what we can do. Uh, Reclaimed water could be one of them. Um, That's always a a positive. It could save off off, uh, our water costs, especially for uh, the irrigation for city owned things and properties like parks or whichever, uh, saving and cutting uh, costs of water. Um, But but there's probably other ways to do it uh, as well.
0: It's just it always seems to me that this should be such an easy thing for the city council to do because they're already putting in LED lighting on the street lights, And yeah. they've already got a solar array. And I think it's kind of near the intersection of Pomerado and Ted Williams. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that only powers that fire station there or if it does more. I don't know the detail, but the city's already doing things, you know, you you figure that it would be pretty easy for them to frame it into a climate action plan and add a few more things to it. And it would be something substantive and certainly, you know, politicians, it would help them have a talking point.
1: Um, I'm not sure what the critique is, you know, like if our city is already doing things of that nature, do we need it to be organized into a plan? Um, Yeah. I don't don't know. I, I think that the, whatever the solution is probably more important uh, than how we're getting there. But I think that, um, yeah, I mean, if we like with that, with those same people that are interested in having a plan, if, if the city framed all that you mentioned into a plan, would they all of a sudden be happy and and that's all they needed? (laughs) I'm not sure. I mean, I think we could probably do more for the environment within power already along those lines. We're already moving towards that. Um, I think we could do do more and, and uh, keep power pretty green.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you've brought up reclaimed water a couple of times. Have, have you ever sat down with John Mullen? Because he he does a lot of work on that.
1: Yeah, I actually uh, I spoke with I'm not going to name him just in case, but uh, I have a neighbor that uh, got an award from the government for reclaimed water projects in uh, off of uh, on the Marine Corps base. And, uh, you know, I went over there, uh, brought him some figs and sat down with a notebook and just took a lot of notes on, on his ideas. And I'd love to introduce him to John uh, and uh, other council members to hear what he has to say about reclaimed water, and how easy and not easy it is to do in the city of Poway. Uh, but, you know, this guy uh, is retired now, but he has a lot of great ideas when it comes to reclaimed water and how to do it efficiently to keep costs low. Um, But he does admit that there would be an upfront cost to this that may be higher than people expect. uh, But the tail uh, benefits are, 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 you know, priceless. You know, you're going to have lower costs of water in the future. And and, and that may be a smart thing to do on the front end.
0: Yeah, I think it's a fascinating topic because... You know, everyone's trying to figure out, like, how do we resolve the fact that we live on a in a desert near the ocean and always dealing with yeah. uh, technology is always going to be the answer. Right. So the desal plant in Carlsbad and then this reclaimed water, the way that I understand it is, is that reclaimed water is cleaner and purer than the water we normally get out of the tap.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's what this yeah. guy was saying, too. But yeah. the thing is, is there's different pipes Uh, And there's a lot of regulations on, you know, the gray water and the brown water and how to separate that out and what you are actually recycling. And so there is some costs to that, you know, laying new, uh, potentially laying new pipe. Um, And so I think there would be a lot of costs. But like you said, I mean, knowledge is power and technology is one of our greatest gifts. So we should use that, especially for a city like Poway. Uh, You know, when I was going back and forth from Tokyo, I mean, that city is insanely massive uh curious, yeah and they had uh wi-fi for the whole city <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> so yeah so i mean uh i mean depending on where you're at it's not that good but still there is wi-fi yeah. and if you're a tourist you're never going to be caught on airplane mode with no wi-fi you can always get around and with a city like that with their uh public transportation as long as you had google maps i mean you could get anywhere really easily even in a foreign language so um I'm not saying Poway should go along those lines. Maybe they should. Maybe they should get a public Wi Fi. I don't know. But I think we should talk with the public. We should talk with experts. And we should make, uh, you know, continue to make Poway uh, a place where we want to live. And and it's not that it's not livable right now. I don't think uh, (laughs) Poway is a terrible place to live at all.
0: Of course not. Yeah. It's like a, a great city, great place to raise a family. And yeah. That's partly why housing is so expensive here because it's so desirable to be here. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'd like to see more of my, you know, like that's one sad thing I haven't noticed is that like a lot of the kids that I graduated high school with aren't back in Poway. You know, they, they went and settled places that were a lot cheaper. And it would be cool to see people that graduate Poway High, that grew up in Poway, uh, coming back and settling in Poway. Um, that, that would be nice. Now, how to do that? I'm all ears. I'd love to hear everyone's opinion on, on how we could do that and, and entice people to come back to Poway and, and settle here and get the next generation of Powegians. My dad, I, he coined that term. Maybe he didn't, but he likes to say that a lot. Powegians. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's the right term. Um, what's it, You wouldn't want to say Powayites. Yeah. Powegians is the right. Powayians, term. Yeah. Pa- yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I'll run across people that have lived here in Poway as children and then um, now as an adult, and and when you discover them, that they always are so proud of the city, and I live in a community here that the homes were developed in the late '80s, and a friend of mine who lived in Poway and lived in Poway as a, as a youngster, he said when he was in high school, him and his buddies used to come up into my neighborhood when it was undeveloped and they'd sit here and drink beer, um, (laughs) you know, on a Friday night. That's awesome. You hear these stories and then, you know, the other people that lived in Poway and there was like a motorcycle motocross track, like I think somewhere near the intersection of Twin Peaks and community and Oh, wow. It's, fasc- it's fascinating, uh, the things you learn. And have you ever met Mary Shepherdson? I don't believe so. Uh, she is um, a really special person. She's very involved. I think she's one of the leaders of the Poway Historical Society. Okay. And she posts um, historical photos of Poway and excerpts from old newspaper articles. Oh, cool. It's a, she's a great follow on Facebook, Mary Shepherdson. Um, yeah.
1: But I don't she, use Facebook that much, to be honest with you, but... Maybe she's the one person I go back to uh, to follow
0: <laughs> okay well she's a good one to follow I'll tell you so um oh that's so great I mean
1: in...
0: oh sorry you go John no 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 oh, we're it's the awkwardness here of of zoom and I'm by the way, I'm looking straight at my camera but you're here on my computer and I'm yeah trying to balance of those two let, let me switch gears again and um you know we talked a little about you know reclaim water but you know, when was it? We had a water crisis here in Poway like nine months ago or so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was your opinion on how all that went down?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was you know, my my dad has a saying that they 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 would talk about uh, in the Marine Corps. I don't know if I can say it. I don't know how family friendly friendly the show is, so I don't know if I can say it. <laughs> you can say
0: there's a lot of peas
1: in it, you know. You know, okay. uh, prior planning prevents piss poor performance, and right. I, that if the if if uh, the council most sort of the city uh, kept tabs on what was happening there and, and keeping up to date with any projects that needed uh, you know refurbishing they, they should be up to date on all that it shouldn't be a surprise you know they were talking about how it was like some piece that got kept open and and that was where the whole problem came but I mean that that shouldn't happen to be honest with you I mean you had. Uh, people boiling water uh to make it safe and, and you know we we graduated from the the eighteenth century a long time ago, so i don 't think i mean we do that in Lebanon sometimes you know when I go back and visit my family think <laughs> we should be doing that in the, in supposedly the number one country in the world and maybe even city you know so i think I think that it was just you know mismanagement on on uh, keeping tabs on things that need to be restored or updated or kept at you know top performance. And, you know, maybe there's also something to be said about, uh, about this reclaimed water thing and about, you know, having two different setups and and what you're using water for, you know, maybe reclaimed water could be for irrigation and the other thing could be for drinking water, but making sure that we're running at a a high level, high efficiency so that we're not running into problems like that, uh, where one thing is breaking and and, the whole city is suffering. It should be, you know, always in a state of repair.
0: Yeah, right on. Um, you know, I just saw a note here from Joe St. Lucas in the live stream chat, and he said, "FYI, John Mullen has stated that the city of San Diego would not guarantee that they'd sell enough water to Poway to justify the expense of the reclaimed water."
1: That's interesting. That is interesting.
0: Um, because yeah, there's an upfront cost to kind of build yep. infrastructure for it, but they might not be able to deliver enough volume mm-hmm. to kind of make it pencil out. That's a interesting. That idea. is interesting.
1: No, I, I may call John later on today and just ask more about that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just see, you know, because he's the one who mentioned it, right? John was. Um, you
0: no, know, well, Joe St. Lucas brought it up in the chat. Sure, um, but John Mullen, the city council member, he. As a city council person, he sits on a number of countywide committees. Yeah. He, he's on the one for the Reclaim Water Project.
1: Oh, I got I got you. Okay. I thought he was just, that's what he said. Someone may have told him that. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I, either way, I'd like to talk to John. Maybe he has ideas on getting around that, um, you know, and, and we can go from there. But, like, I mean, like we were talking about, this is just an idea. It's not necessarily every idea uh, is going to become a reality. But I think... Generating ideas to create solutions for problems is is a good step.
0: Agreed, hundred percent. So yeah, seek out John. He'll have some interesting thoughts on this. And and in fact, I would invite again to the listeners and viewers that are doing the checking out the live stream. Share your comments in the um, YouTube or the Facebook comment section, and I'll read read them on the air so um, so Frank can respond. Um, We did get one question before we got started with the live stream. I can't believe I've left this off until we've gotten to this point, but the Poway Center for the Performing Arts is a hot topic. (laughs) You know, people love it. Some people think it should be sold. It's cash flow negative. It needs upgrades and repairs. Maybe it should be sold. Should the school district buy it? Yes or no? So where do you stand on the whole PCPA?
1: Yeah, that's a hard question. I mean, I don't know if I have a stance yet. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm still gathering opinions. Uh, You know, last or week, maybe two weeks ago, I was at a Kiwanis meeting and I was asked people the same question. Um, But you know, there's 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 pros and cons on, on both decisions. You know, one one thing's for sure is you know that it's it's kind of strange to think about after all these bonds that we've been giving to. USD that they can afford a $60 million, uh, performing arts center. You know, that's, that's one thing I just always is a little bit curious, but you know, the performing arts center supposedly needs four to $5 million worth of restoration and it costs an X amount of money. I think it's like 300,000 or so per year, just for upkeep. Um, but I think the best idea maybe came from, um, someone on the, uh, the school board, um, I don't want to name anyone just in case I get someone wrong, but their idea was pretty, pretty cool in the sense that they would create a a committee and their main purpose of this committee would be generating the money for the upkeep and potential feature restoration for the Performing Arts Center so that it would be kept within the city. Um, that, and that's that's if you're very uh, if you're for keeping the Performing Arts Center within the city of Poway. I mean, that may be the best compromise is creating this committee, uh, and they generate, they go out and they seek out whatever way to generate the money to keep that upkeep and to restore it, uh, so that there is no cost to the city. Um, you know, there's a lot of benefits for having the performing arts center in, in the city. I mean, it's an attraction. You bring people from outside of the city to, um, you know, whatever musicals or things that you're doing within the, uh, within the building. Um, I'm not necessarily sure. I'm, I'm sure Poway would use it, uh, in, uh, positively as well. Poway high school or, or PUSD, but coming from someone who, who has tried renting, uh, fields from PUSD before it's, it's kind of a nightmare. So yes, if, if, if you're a Poway resident that uses the performing arts center for, let's say the pageant or whichever, and you think PUSD is going to be smoother to deal with, to rent that thing out for your needs. I, I think it's going to be a lot worse. Um, but I, I don't necessarily have an exact opinion yet, but I am leaning more towards uh, that compromise of having a committee uh, go forth and and uh, generate the money to make sure that the city of Poway and its residents aren't, it's not costing us anything because they're going to go out and get a revenue for the upkeep and potentially the restoration of it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like there's, I don't know, is it four or five million dollars worth of um, infrastructure and upgrade improvement to the building. Yeah. And then on top of it, it's cash flow negative, like roughly a half a million dollars a year, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, sure. so yeah, there's some big questions that need to be answered there. And you know, people yeah. in generally are supportive of the facility. They like having it, but mm-hmm. then you know, how do you solve these financial problems?
1: No, yeah. I and I guess you corrected me. I, I didn't know it was that high of uh, of an upkeep upkeep. Um, I might be wrong, but I think it's something like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds familiar. I, I, I can't remember what I read, but I, I do also, you know, question some of that restoration cost. You know, I remember reading something like some of it would go for a re upholstery of, of like every seat that was in there. And, you know, maybe we really? could hold off on that. <laughs> right. Okay. Keep the restoration down. Um, I, I can say I've been in that booth before and it, it does seem a little bit outdated. Um, but um, like you said, I mean, a lot of people like it in the city. I mean, it's nice that our city has it. Um, but, and maybe this, this idea of having this committee is a good way of, of having a compromise to keep it within the city, uh, and not having it cost us anything. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they could figure out a way to do it, you know, maybe there's a foundation they can build that can spin off some revenue, yeah, for exactly. anything, you know, for the facility and then yep. they have a separate strategy to resolve the annual yeah. operating deficit. Um, yep. John Carson chimed in here. He said, how about we find a new management group for the Poway? <laughs> uh, and, yeah.
1: yeah, that's a good idea too. I mean, yeah. the current one is doing something very specific. And so that's why I think that idea of creating a new management group that only works on revenue, uh, you know, to keep the upkeep and, uh, potential restoration would be two separate things. Uh, but maybe John's right. Uh, Carson, you know, you just... <laughs> just change the management group so that it does both. That's also a potential option. But, um, you know, if you're out there and you're very much against having a performing arts center, I think even that idea would not work for you. But I I, I think the general consensus is that everyone likes the performing performing arts center, but, you know, if it's costing us a lot of money per year and it needs all these things done to it, you know, why not sell it? Um, But like Mr. Carson said and others, I mean, I think there's a way to keep it. Uh, whilst also uh, having the upkeep and restoration, and costing power nothing by generating money it's, itself.
0: Well, this is kind of the interesting angle to it: is that if the city sold it, then that would relieve the city government of the deficit and the and the upgrades. But if they sold it to the school district, well, then the same taxpayers are having to pay for it either way. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah, exactly. And I yeah. think. I
0: think this my guess is i'm trying to read between the lines is is that this the the goal is that the school board eventually passes a new bond to do all the additional upgrades to all the schools and they sneak the poway performing arts center into it so yeah. the new bond would cover it as well and i think that's what they're they're plotting towards
1: but i could see that
0: <laughs> who knows if the, if the public's going to approve another school bond. I mean, they, yeah. the last one failed, and people are still angry about the billion-dollar bond over 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are getting tired of loans. You know, I, I know a lot of my friends are still paying back loans from college. You know, so I think, I think having an idea that generates money versus getting loans may be, may be a good idea. I think maybe we should look into it a lot more.
0: So I got a question here from a gentleman who – seems to want to be unnamed. He's he calls himself Don Poway. And um, he says, what differentiates you from Chris Olps and Kalen Frank? Those are your two competitors. Oh man.
1: Let's just rewind the hour and 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Give me um, one sentence.
0: You know, I know you just in a short bit, what, what makes you special and different than those two?
1: Uh, Don, my biggest difference is that my background is in conflict resolution And uh, I've said this before, but the hard reality of a city council member is that we are oversight on the city manager and on the attorney and the city attorney. And so my job is to work with experts in various fields and also while also getting the public's opinion in order to do that oversight. And so that is what I'm uh, gearing up to do. And I have a background in that and I think I have a personality for it. And, um, you know, another thing, too, is that you as a council member, you have to work with other council members in order to get a positive vote, a winning vote. Uh, and so if no one wants to work with you, uh, then you're in bad shape. Uh, and I'm not saying that no one wants to work with the, the people I'm running against, but I can guarantee you that people will work with me. I do it as a job. Um, and I think that's probably the the biggest differentiation between uh, us three uh, with with me and Chris. I think we probably have more similar similarities since we grew up in Poway. Um, but we are also different in the reason that I just stated before.
0: OK, I think that was a good answer. Um, here, here's another topic we haven't touched on is the, the Poway Community Center Senior Center. You know, they just tore it down. They're rebuilding it. Uh, yep. Some people are overjoyed that it's new and it will be a huge uh, improvement over the the old facility, which was crumbling. And the new one's going to be named after our former mayor, uh, Mickey Cafagna. Other people said that the, the performing I mean, the senior center was fine as it was and the city didn't need to be spending money on that. They needed to be spending that money on other initiatives. So what, what's now granted, it's it's already torn down. They're already building it. But yeah, what's your take on the whole issue.
1: I mean, I think it's a, a mute point now. I mean, it's, it's already being built, so there's not that much we can we can do about that at the moment. And I just hope it's as nice as they, they say it's going to be. Um, and it's used as much as it's going to be. Uh, I think one thing I noticed about that uh, area was I, I don't feel like it was getting used as much as it should have been. But maybe it is because it was falling apart and no one wanted to be there to do their events because it maybe wasn't nice enough or or what have you. Um but, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's already being built. So I think it's just going to be interesting to see how nice it is. And I'm hoping that the city uses it uh, as efficiently and, and to maximum compa- uh, capacity. I think that if we're going to be investing in items like that, we have to use them and, and use them a lot.
0: Well, I, I know I, I've, I was in the old facility multiple times, like for for Poway girls, softball drafts, you know, we get together and create the (laughs) team Nice. and and we would have our meetings there. And then a couple of other meetings I've had at that facility and I've been from some of actually a, a candidate forum was in the, 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 you know, the little auditorium there. And yeah, that, that facility had shown its wear and tear. Yeah. So I've I've seen the drawings that, that for the new one, they look wonderful. And it's going to be a little smaller, but it sounds like they're going to get better use out of it. Um, and the good news is, is that I think they're paying cash for, you know, if not all of it, a significant yeah. percentage of it. It's not mm-hmm. like it's going to go out to another bond.
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're right on that. I, I've been there a few times. I mean, the last time I was in there was probably sometime around college. It was some sort of prom I was, I was volunteering at that was held in that location. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't think it looking that bad,
0: to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like to your point, it's already kind of going. I mean, you're not going to be able to shift gears on it now. No, yeah. Uh, but it was definitely a hot topic in the 2018 election cycle. A lot of the candidates, you know, were either really for it or really against it. Uh, yeah. So it was an interesting discussion point.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I noticed that the around town, the tennis courts, you know, those public tennis courts we see get a lot of traction. Maybe we do a lot more of those. (laughs) Yeah, actually, they do get a lot of use. You know, I'm always see people there.
0: (laughs) I think they're putting them in in the farm, too, aren't they? I know they're going to have ball courts. I think tennis courts, too. That'll be available to the public.
1: I'm kind of curious to see what they do with that butterfly thing that they're talking about. The butterfly area. (laughs)
0: You know, it it depends on your point of view. Like there are some people that think it's wonderful and it's going to be special and it's going to have educational opportunities to bring in children and it's going to be a defining characteristic of the property. Um it's and it should be wonderful, but there are other people that are cynical and thinking it's sort of a gimmick to help get the, P, uh, the construction approved. Um but yeah, I think it's going to be fun to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean, one thing that other cities do, you know, like if you go down to Point Loma and they have that um, that area, that's almost like an indoor market. Um, and I think that, you know, if we have things of that sort within power, you, you will attract people and they will purchase things from local businesses. And, and you'll sort of get this influx of uh, people coming to our city in order to see something that is well designed, well built, has a nice feel to it and want to just spend time with their kids um, you know, outside of just the locals enjoying it as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot that can be done to, you know, attract people to Poway for economic development and to make us a better place to live for those of us that are longtime residents. Um, hey, let's look at. We're, geez, we're at an hour and a half. Um, I want to just touch on two more things. So one is the city budget, and you know, the city generally has been run rather well compared to a lot of other government agencies. They've saved money for rainy days. They they balance their budget. They get great community input through the budget review committee that I talked about. But, you know, expenses are rising much more aggressively than revenues. And so they're going to get into a point where they're going to have to make some tough decisions on the budget. Um, have you looked at that yet? And do you have any opinions?
1: I mean, I just honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm really just getting into it now um, but like I've mentioned before, just because I may not be a complete expert on it right now it doesn't mean I, I won't be, but also doesn't mean that I won't be looking into speaking with experts to get the uh you know, create the right solution. Um uh, but but like you said, I mean overall so far uh, the city and probably due to the budgetary committee has been doing a good job with uh with the city budget. But you know, there may be things we can do to generate revenue outside of property taxes or other sort of taxes. Uh, In order to create some money, maybe even this committee with the Performing Arts Center starts generating more money than is needed to restore or upkeep the the Performing Arts Center and you're getting some cash from that. Uh, There's other things that we could look into. Um, But I think uh, I think you're right. Overall, it seems like things are becoming more and more expensive, especially in California. And uh, I think that setting up our city. To excel in that future would be uh, would be a um, a very key topic for any new council member going in.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think it's gonna be interesting because I think, um, you know, a a huge percentage of the budget is employee expenses and and those are going up and pension costs are going up and the city's done some creative things to try to help uh, manage pension costs but yeah, they're, they're going to get to a point here soon where they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Yeah. And I've been
1: getting some pretty, I guess a lot of opinions about what we could do for the budget. I mean, I had, I had someone suggest that we get rid of the sheriffs and do like a police department of Poway and people in the, in the community could, could, uh, you know, volunteer. And you know, I've just been getting so many different opinions on what we could do for the future. Um but I think that's the question that I ask a lot of, uh, you know, my neighbors is, uh, you know, what, where do you see Poway in 20 years? And if, if you could control that, if you're playing, you know, SimCity, what would you do for Poway?
0: Right. Yeah, well, that's the tough thing is everyone's got their own idea. Right. And and then but you as a city council member would have to make those judgment calls and try to represent your district to the best of your ability.
1: Yeah. And no, it's not easy. And I I think that's one of the things that we may need more of is that that realization that as a council member, you know, you are the public's oversight on the city manager and the city attorney. And so you need to be out there talking to the public, getting their ideas, getting their opinions and, uh, you know, having that open discourse instead of just being sort of a uh, (laughs) you decide for the people.
0: Well, you know, Pete Neal just chimed in here. He said the District 4 population um, of record is 12,000 people. Um, those that are of voting age, 8.7,000, 8,700. Um, but the voter registration is only 5,900 and the voter turnout is only 3,000. Yeah. So Hello. lots of disinterest. Um, how are you going to get the gist of how 12,000 people feel if only 25% of them actually show up to vote?
1: Yeah. I mean, even if all 12,000 were voting, it'd be hard to get the gist of what everybody wants. And you're just going to have to do the best that you can getting everyone's opinions, uh, either going door to door, having, you know, I think, I think mayor Voss when he was first running was doing a good job of this. He was having these coffee sessions or whatever at the Hamburg factory. And I I think that's a good idea. Having a public forum where people can come and, and have a direct connection to their council member, having their phone number widely available so that you can get phone calls from people to say, Hey, Uh, You know, I'm concerned about this or that. Um, But I mean, there's only so much you can do. I mean, you're not going to be able to force people to register to vote. But I would highly recommend people out there that aren't uh, registered to vote in Poway to register and have a voice within your city. I mean, you're now only having a voice in your district. So might as well vote.
0: That's where your vote can count the most, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, at the most local level and now we're at districts. It's very impactful compared to like a nationwide vote. Yeah. Um, Okay. This is like crazy off topic, and this is my (laughs) question. Okay. Okay. I thought you were going to ask me a rugby question, but well, well, okay. Well, actually, how's the rugby program at Poway? Are are there's a pretty good guys there? Both a men's and a women's program, right?
1: Yeah. So, I I mean, at least when I was coaching there, we had both boys and girls, and we had JV and varsity for both, and we had coaches. There was four coaches that I hired in order to help me out with that. Uh, currently the head coach is Tom Constantine. Uh, and I think he did a great job of, uh, the, the program isn't, you know, they're not like practicing or anything right now. So, uh, there's no current updates. Uh, I have a meeting that I'm going to join with them, uh, to probably come back and be an assistant coach because I'm doing a lot of other things, but nice. you know, just once you start playing rugby and you're in and out of the sport, it's hard to get out of it. It's almost like a oh. cult. Um, but yeah, I mean when we were coaching them, it was a little bit difficult because, a lot of uh, students didn't know much about rugby, and so I think they were coming to the sport thinking that it was a pretty easy sport to do to get a letter. And then they That's they quickly easy. realized that it's probably one of the toughest sports out there. Um, and we had other uh, uh, students that were trying to do, uh, you know, two hard sports, like wrestling and rugby or football and rugby. And it was a hard balance. But, you know, after I think around the third year, I started getting students that, they were there for rugby and it was pretty cool to see. Uh, and, and we were, you know, we were handedly starting to, to uh, take out uh, opponents. But I think the one thing about rugby uh, is that a lot of kids are coming into it uh, pretty fresh in high school. They don't have any like, you know, previous encounters with rugby. And so they're going against schools that have elementary schools that are playing rugby. And so the kids already know how to pass and tackle and they're really just doing plays Wow, for me, I had to teach them how to pass, how to tackle, just the concept of rugby. Um, but there's a lot of outside things of rugby that that teaches good lessons for kids. You know, like no matter what happens on the field, that stays on the field. The the host team always feeds the opposing team, and you actually sit together and eat. Um, Your the the teams will uh, choose the MVP of the other team. Um, the referee is called Sir and is a judge, and you never talk back to them. Uh, and we like to say you play the sixteenth man. there's fifteen people on each team. The referee is the sixteenth man, so if he's against you, don't talk back. You just weren't you need to be good enough to beat sixteen men uh, or women. Um, and, and I think that is uh, I think those are really uh, great lessons to teach uh, you know kids that are developing uh, into adulthood.
0: Yeah, sports. Provides so many wonderful opportunities for kids to learn about life and learn to be a teammate because you got to be a teammate, you know, at the adult level when you're in your career or relationships. So it's wonderful. And sports is such a big part of the community here, Poway, you know, not just rugby, but just about every sport. There's especially uh, wrestling. (laughs) Wrestling. And I mean, we can go down the list. So is is rugby a
1: CIF or a club sport? Right now it's, it's club. Uh, I mean, maybe one day we'll be CIF and we'll, we'll start to see it more and more within the school. I mean, especially when you're getting high rates of, of concussions within football, Uh, you know, rugby, you're still going to get some concussions, but it is less than football. Um, The tackle is different. You don't use your helmet. You don't use your head. You don't shoulder charge. You have to wrap. And it's very specific on how to do it. Also, I think most people understand you're not wearing pads. So you're going to have to be, you you have to be careful on how you're tackling, um, but the thing about rugby is it is a tough sport. I mean, it's 80 minutes long. You're doing defense and offense. It is pretty violent and aggressive. I mean, there's wrestling aspects of the game because the ball is always live. Uh, so you get a lot of cuts and bruises and and maybe dislocated fingers and, and things like that, scars on your face like me. Yeah. But um, I think it, it teaches you a lot of things if, if, if that's the, the type of sport you're into you can't beat rugby, and it's a team sport. So you got to work with your teammates, and you got to learn how to, uh, you know, to, I, I guess, uh, do conflict resolution on, you know, within a team sport. <laughs> that's
0: right, hundred yeah. percent right. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I think that's great that you're a coach for rugby, and and uh, I I think it's it, yeah, it teaches so many great lessons, and it's fun. As I interviewed um, Jimmy Karam, who's running for school board. Um in uh in the South Poway area, and he's a football coach of Poway, and we talked about football. You know, oh, nice! Yeah, and so I just love that. I mean, the fact that you're deeply involved in the community, you know, with the with the kids in with the sports program, that's wonderful. So I think that's fantastic. yeah.
1: I mean, now I'm coming back to it. So I, you know, I, like I had mentioned before, I took a break uh, to play international rugby for for Lebanon, but um, you know, I was still living in Poway. I just traveled whenever I had to go go play games so you had dual citizenship or something like that right no I actually uh the international rugby union the the rules are if if you've played for a a country like if I played for the U.S. national team in an actual game I wouldn't be able to play for any other country but the rule is um, you have to have at least your grandma be a citizen of that country and so my mom is Lebanese uh I'm out of Lebanon quite a bit uh, there's a big lebanese uh community here in in san diego uh you know we we kind of situate around saint ephraim Maronite catholic church and uh you know I, so I'm, I'm very involved in that community as well I used to be the the youth group president for a long time with my close friend alex Gs who nice. lives in north Powell He lives in district uh two <laughs> um, but yeah i mean i think i think uh it, it was it was an interesting experience and it was an adventure having two jobs you know you you, you sit most of your week in a, in a lab you're trying to create experiments and, and and figure out uh you know answers to certain questions within uh, sort of uh, a certain drug modality and then the next thing you know you're traveling with an international rugby team you're signing autographs and taking photos with people and and then you're back in the lab.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like uh, Clark Kent yeah. and Superman, right? So yeah, two identities. <laughs> um, so I, I got to ask you this question because, you know, you, you work in, 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 in pharma, you work, in, you said immunology and vaccines. I mean, what's your take on the whole COVID thing? Are we going to have hmm. a, a vaccine here at some point? What do you think is going
1: to happen? Oh yeah, probably. I mean, this is always a hot topic. Everything becomes so political. You know, no matter what I say, I'm going to upset 50 percent, 51 percent of the population. But I mean, the the truth is vaccines are very expensive and they're not always the most effective. I mean, we have the flu vaccine and it really is 10 percent effective or so per year. Uh, so if you're out there thinking that this vaccine is going to be the cure of, of covid and 100 percent effectiveness and we're going to go back to normal, you're, you're um, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Um, Vaccines also take quite a long time to develop So it could be a long time Before we see a really effective vaccine Um, I think antivirals are a lot easier to produce And and could be equally effective Especially for the short term And it takes a lot less to develop Um, But I think COVID is going to be one of those things Like the flu Where you're going to see it every year Or you're going to see it just within our population It's going to be something That we just need to learn to accept But luckily more and more data is coming out I know it was very scary Uh, when it first came out but like we've said before knowledge is power and we're starting to understand this thing a lot more and we're starting to realize that it's not as scary uh as we initially thought and uh i'm I'm sure we'll we'll see uh, hopefully we'll see things go back uh to normal uh if our politicians can stop bickering and and uh you know choosing the worst things for us and just solve a problem
0: and that's what you want to do you want to be a problem solver uh um, a conflict resolution guy,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah. talked about this, uh, I think, before the show started, but I, I just think that it's it's a sad place to be in within our society where we just attack each other versus solving the problem, you know, and, and we need to get back to that, you know, like any topic, abortion, whatever. It is a yeah. social problem we need to solve. We'll have two different perspectives, but we need to solve the problem, not go at each other because I have this perceived, uh, you know, level of, of good Behavior and I'm 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 good and you're evil because I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> I know the truth and yeah. you don't. You know I, I don't think that's the way to go at it. I, I I finally figured out that I can see the comments coming in. <laughs> I was wondering. Seen seen that? See that. Okay, and good. I thought John Carson, Mr. Carson, is talking about whether or not he needs to verify whether or not I'm an LA Doyer fan.
0: Dodger fan. That's how we speak about the Dodgers. <laughs> that's funny.
1: <laughs> no, I, I like the Padres even though. Okay. I, watch baseball i think uh i mostly go to baseball games to uh to eat hot dogs and get away with it um you know i always get critiqued for, especially in my family how much i eat and so i get to go away drink some beers and have some hot dogs but baseball is not really my thing uh i like rugby guy yeah yeah i like i like rugby especially when you're at the international uh, international and professional level you seem to only be you know focused on your sport um, but I, I like to watch sports uh, that don't have mini games in between innings. I like things like uh, UFC, <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> things like that. Really, are a boxing, I, I'm big into. But if I were to be a fan of any baseball team, it would be the uh, you know it would be the Padres. Okay, okay. Also, had a cool sure- jersey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah! Bring back the brown. Um, yeah, I like, I like, San, I like the. I also like the camo one. I mean, the camo one is cool. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, they wear those on. <laughs> All Saturday. right, Mister Carson. Yeah, I gotta you convert
1: you said? to. Uh, yeah, he said, not a baseball fan. Get out of here. Well, I'm gonna get you. We'll go to a rugby game one day, and uh, you'll you'll never look back. There's a, a San Diego professional team, by the way, in Major League Rugby. It's the second year probably third now because they probably had to take a break because of COVID. But we have the San Diego Legion, and they're based out of uh, USD. They play out of that stadium. Uh, But they have some pretty amazing players that are former uh, all-black players. So the all-blacks is the New Zealand national team, and they're number one in the world. And there's Mm -hmm. some, uh, you know, former all-blacks that now play for San Diego. So I know San Diego probably doesn't realize it, but they have some, uh, you know, hall of famers rugby wise within the, within the team.
0: You know, it, it was, back, I think it was like four or five years ago at Petco park. Yeah. Like a, a five on five or was it seven, a seven on seven? Yeah. Seven on, seven on seven. And that was, yeah, like a I loved field.
1: it. Yeah. So sevens is, is rugby has a lot of different formats. There's rugby union, which is what I am accustomed to playing. And it's 15 on 15 and there's no downs and, and it's a, a, a live sport. And then there's something called rugby league and it's mostly played in Australia when there's 13 people on each side. And it's probably like, if you're talking about the evolution of American football, it goes rugby union league and then American football league has downs. Um, and you see the tackles that are similar to what we see in American football. Um, and then there's something called sevens rugby sevens and it's an Olympic sport. And it's just like rugby union, the 15 person game, but only played with seven same size field, uh, it's very exciting because there's a lot more tackles, there's a lot more running, there's a lot more scoring, and we used to do it in San Diego at Peco Park, uh, and then they moved uh, moved it to Las Vegas, so it's now the Las Vegas Sevens, and it's on the wow. circuit for the Olympics, so you have to win a certain amount of points throughout the year or four years to then get invited to go to the Olympics.
0: Nice. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a great sport. I mean, I've only had limited exposure to it. There's a guy that I know here in Poway that's a big rugby guy. His name's Greg Herman, um, and uh, I've learned a lot through him.
1: About yeah, well, it'd be great to meet him. There's, yeah, uh, I mean, if, or have him come out and support the Poway High School rugby program. Um, know. You know what? What's a, uh, a, a a cool little fact is that. The the U.S. actually used to be the uh, the Rugby Sevens gold medalists before the last Olympics, which was kind of funny. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, you would expect that would be, you know, New Zealand or Australia or South Africa, not America.
1: So. That was U.S. And it was like a college team, too, which was pretty cool. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think just because of the size of our country and we have so much diversity and, and mixing that, I mean, yeah. I think the potential to probably win at every sport uh, depending on how much uh, recognition it gets. And so, I mean, I, I think a few years ago, rugby was the fastest growing sport in America. I'm not sure if it is still, but um, if, it, if we continue on that path and, and major league rugby starts getting a lot more popular and you see on ESPN, uh, maybe we'll go back to uh, getting gold medals.
0: That'd be great. I mean, already, you know, soccer is getting more and more traction in America. Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah.
0: You know, so I think um, especially with, you know, all the channels we have available to us, we're getting more and more exposure to all these sports. So, yeah, bring on rugby, man. Let's let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Hey, so let's get back to Poway. I, I I had a whole like list of questions here. Oh, wow. <laughs> did, did we leave anything out? I mean, what else do you have to say uh, before we wrap this up that's important that you want to share with the people of Poway?
1: I mean, nothing that I haven't said before, but I can say this was very enjoyable. So in the future, if any future candidates are running, I highly suggest coming on to the podcast um, or just coming on to talk about baseball or or whatever. A lot of fun. <laughs> Um, but no, I think for, for this, uh, election, um, you know, I just wish everyone, uh, good luck in, in their, uh, in their campaigns. And if you're out there and you're still undecided, give me a call or go on my website or listen to this podcast. But, um, you know, I, I am, uh, excited to, uh, be a part of the city council and, and give back to the community and be the voice that the, uh, uh, the residents need. Right on, so what is your website address again it's uh, Fournier four poway so the number four but you know fournier four powaycom okay so i'll include that in the show
0: notes um, so this this recording is 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 on Facebook and youtube it'll be retained there as a recording. I'll get this posted on all the popular audio-only podcast platforms like Nice, Stitcher and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Sure. And I mean, the, the whole, there's like 10 of them that we're on. So yeah. that'll probably get posted later tonight or tomorrow. Um, and um, I wish you fantastic luck in this race. Um, I think we had a great conversation. Hopefully the voters get a chance to know you. Um, but I, I wish you uh, nothing but success.
1: Thank you. John, real quick before we go, I had a question. Now that Joe Rogan has moved on to Spotify, how do you feel about that being a podcaster? Dude signed like, what was that? A hundred billion dollars or, what, yeah. or was it was a hundred million, a hundred million. I don't know. It was an insane amount of money. I know that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to monetize this podcast and you know, maybe, <laughs> you know, right now it's just a glorified hobby. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So that gives me hope. You know, I have someone to aspire to. Um, yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, you we know, invite it, some uh, controversial people on, <laughs> get those views up. Well, yeah, we could, you know. And we, when we, I started this in the fall of 2018, and we interviewed candidates for mayor and city council and school board here in Poway, and I designed the, you know, the the layout of the studio in the beginning, like Rogan, where we had a long table and we were on. Either oh, side. nice, yeah. Um, but then with COVID, you know, we have to do it like this, you know, rather than yeah. in person. But yeah, I mean, Rogan has been so successful and yeah, that's aspirational for me. So something, yeah, I, I need to bring in some, some controversial candidates that'll shake it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. But I'll tell you what, I get great, um, uh, downloads and views and minutes viewed from these podcasts with political candidates. they are some of the best ones that I do in terms of the analytics. So that's why I love having candidates on here because it's good for my podcast, but it's also good for the candidate to get your word out because where else are you going to be able to spend nearly two hours and talking about the issues and then, and then for the listeners and viewers and they get to really know you. And they yeah. get to see what makes you tick and they get to understand your character more so than just a few bullet points on your website. So this is great. No, definitely.
1: And, and that's, what's important in, in politics. I, I think that, uh, you know, the parties sort of get carried away. And I think what's important is the individual and, and, mm-hmm. and who you're choosing to, to vote for. Uh, but it's yeah. kind of good to see how much, um, you know, how many, how many, how active power residents are, you know, paying attention to what's happened around them. I know I can't tell you everyone I've, I've talked to, they all read the chieftain uh, and and, and, and everyone knew who you were. So I, I think that's uh, that's that's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's some people in town that are really, really into following the details of our yeah. city government. And there are other people that just they're very busy and they have lives and they don't they trust yeah. the city council members to manage it to the best of their ability. And I'm sure a lot of voters will be looking to you to do that.
1: No, for sure. I mean, I think I've been told it's called the the Poway political circuit. And, and, you know, you'll start to see this, the same faces and voices. Yes,
0: yes it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's part of what makes Poway special. So, oh, <laughs> well, Frank, thanks very much. This has been, this has been awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on here. Okay. All right. We're going to wrap it up, but thanks again, Frank. We'll take care.
1: Sounds good. You too.